Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Sonia Hatter, organizer of Thrive Make Money Matter. And if you want to learn how to make your connections thrive, you should be listening to Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to the show. I can't wait to jump into today's interview. It is with Miss Sonia Hatter. She is the co-founder of Thrive Make Money Matter, which is uh, probably my number one go-to business event of the year. So if you are ever looking to connect with me at any sort of event that's coming up here in the near future, um, this event is going to be one that you are not going to want to miss. So this is going to be at May May 31st through June 2nd at the Hard Rock Hotel um, out here in Las Vegas. And I will be there and so many other of my friends uh, will be there. A lot of influencers, a lot of great speakers will be there as well. Um, so today I interview Sonia Hatter, who is the better half to uh, to a mentor of mine, Cole. And it's funny because we were talking at the very beginning, and I've known Sonia for a little while, and she's just we just have never worked something out for her to be able to come on the show. And so uh, today we were finally able to make our schedules work together and bring her on to chat a little bit about Thrive, but we also talk a lot about her uh, her her story, her unique 
story, her upbringing. And uh, we talk a little bit about, about how her parents immigrated from Serbia when she was only four years old and the, the hard work that they instilled in her at a very young age. We talk about how to instill entrepreneurial mindset in your kids uh, because Sonia is an amazing mom. Uh, between all the things that she does, she still finds time to really, really, really be there for both of her daughters. And then we talk about why building self-confidence is so, 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 so crucial to anything that you do. She, um, she was also after doing all this stuff for Thrive and setting up the event, which is is no small task, which this year they're they're getting close to 2,000 attendees, um, some of the top speakers in the world. So it's a lot of things to set up, and she's the one behind all of that. And between all of that, she still found time to enter and win first place in a bikini fitness competition. So the role self-confidence plays in her ability to do all of these things is, is amazing. And the thing that I respect about her is that it wasn't something that was that came supernaturally to her. It was something that she had to work through. And we talk about some ways that you can go about building your self-confidence because it's so crucial in any sort of venture that you try to get into. And then we talk about the three main reasons why you should be at Thrive this year. And uh, I'll give you two of those reasons right now, but the third one you're going to have to listen to. <laughs> the first one is because of the amazing speakers. Of all of the events that I go to, this one has one of the most amazing lineups of guest speakers this year. We got Eric Thomas coming out, Ty Lopez. There's a plethora of people, Dave Meltzer, Trent Shelton, Sonia's going to be speaking, Cole's going to be speaking. Um, just an incredible, incredible lineup of people that it's coming out for. Andy Frisella and his wife will both be speaking there. Lisa Bilyeu, uh will be speaking there. And uh, the second reason is that the attendees are unlike any other conference that I go to. Um, the attendees are not a typical sales type of a douchey environment uh, that some events will cultivate. Uh, the Thrive attendees are actually people that I genuinely like connecting with and want to connect with. A lot of the people that are in the audience are people that I see at other conferences as speakers. Uh, so this is one of those crowds where you're you're rubbing shoulders with a bunch of people who are typically on stages at other events because this speaker lineup is so big and because Cole and Sonny have done a great job of cultivating a culture of people who love supporting what they do. So a lot of past speakers will show up and just be regular attendees of the event event. And uh, this is this is one of the, the must-attend events of the year. So those are the first two reasons. To hear the third reason, and really the most important reason, you're going to have to listen to the rest of this interview. So I cannot wait to share that with you all. So before I do, I want to give you all a chance to head over to travischapel.com slash thrive and pick up a ticket before you forget. That way, you're not halfway through this interview, and then you turn it off, and you go do whatever you're doing. Um, get out of your car, go to the grocery store, whatever it is that you're doing right now now and then just forget about it. So before you do anything else, if you can, obviously, if you're driving, don't do this while you're driving, but pull over, do it safely. But I want you to do it before this interview starts. Head over to travischapel.com slash thrive and pick up your ticket right now before you forget. And I will see you out here in Vegas here at the end of the month. But for now, here is my conversation with Mrs. Sonia Hatter. Sonia Hatter, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Yeah, thanks for having me, Travis. Of course, of course. So this interview has been a long time coming since I've now known you guys for, man, it's crazy, over over like a year and a half now um, was, was since I went to the first Thrive that I went to, which was the third one, right? I think the third one. Yes, yeah, so this is going to be fifth one coming up. So um, yeah, just been always a, a fan of what you and Cole are doing. And and uh, so I'm really, really stoked to finally talk to his better half on the show instead of just talking to him again. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. 
We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we've known you longer. Yeah, with... I know, right? It's crazy. Yeah. Because I mean... Like you brought us a lot of value into Thrive. You know, you sold the most tickets. You were on our stage and then you brought us Molly Bloom. You've connected us with other people. So thanks for everything you've done in such a short amount of time. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, it's so weird to think back on because it, it it was like, I think for me, it's been so long. It feels like it's been so long because so much has happened since then. Like at the first Thrive that I was at, I was still working John Lee Dumas's booth for him because I didn't have oh, anything yeah. of my own yet. At that point, I was just helping somebody else who I wanted to add value to. And uh, that was that was my entire participation. I had no idea about what the event even was, just was going to hang out with John. And then that's when I ran into what you guys were up to and started um, really digesting everything. And that's when I was like, man, I got to figure out more about these people and kind of jumped into the mastermind from there. So um, it's crazy. It's only been like that short period of time. But I had literally, when I was at that first Thrive, it was like five weeks before that I had launched my show. So it was totally brand new. I was brand new to everything at that point. So it's super cool to look back on these last couple of years. But anyway... Congrats for doing all this in a year and a half, man. We're on our fifth year. You just like... (laughs) I need lessons from you, dude. No, not even, not even. I was going to say enough about me <laughs> and my connection to you, but uh, want to jump into the show here. So we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about Thrive later on. We've already hinted at it. Anybody that follows me knows that this is my number one go-to event of the year. So I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more towards the end of the conversation. But I want to take it back, Sonia, and chat a little bit about how you got to the point where you currently are. And so let's go back to childhood, Sonia. Tell me about what it was like running around to be eight-year-old Sonia. What did life look like for you? Well, first, I was born in Serbia. So I immigrated here when I was four. And um, both my parents worked two jobs. And my dad went to night school. And 
He was a painter to get us started when he got out here. And so I've just seen people work really hard forever. And um, then I went to Cal State Long Beach. I graduated with a bachelor's of science in criminal justice and a minor in psychology. I was like, I'm going to go talk to crazy people and figure this out. And I just, I was interested in that whole Dexter space, you know, all mm. CSI shows. Yeah. And it was definitely a lot different in person. And so I did that for a little while and I then um, married my husband and yeah. I stopped doing and, that. And then and everything changed. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I skipped obviously a whole lot, but I, so I did work up... homicide at the police department. And then... Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. I was going to say, you ended up working with a bunch of crazy people anyway, with having a tribe of entrepreneurs around you. <laughs> right. It's always putting out fires and <laughs> exactly. same thing. So going back a little bit into your story, I'm curious to, as to what the catalyst was to your parents immigrating over to the US. What was like the main thing? Was it just, was it the American dream or was it something different? It's definitely a part of the American dream. And then also, you know, the, the war started. I, when I was born, there was Yugoslavia. And then as the war started, broke into Serbia and Bosnia and Croatia. And it just kind of, my dad didn't want to re-enlist. And he had his brother out here and he knew my mom for about three weeks and they got married. And then wow. he came out here and got things situated. Yeah. And came back. And then uh, we lived out there for a little while until we could get everything right here. And then we came and... I mean, I feel like I'm definitely living the American dream. I've I went to school. I bought a house. I have two beautiful children, a husband. I definitely feel like my parents set me up and I couldn't be more blessed. Yeah. What was... you? Because English is not your first language. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah so Serbian was. So I was the weird kid in kindergarten where I was going to say... Understand me. <laughs> <laughs> the weird smelly lunches. <laughs> yeah. How did, how did that play into like your social life in elementary school? Um, being a, a kid, you pick it up so quickly. And so, you know, my mom after 30 years still struggles with English, but with me, it's like, I just picked it up in a couple months Oh, really? and, okay. um, kids don't even talk much, you know, you're coloring, playing tag on the playground. So I don't remember it ever being anything weird. Yeah, I, I made yeah. friends really easily. And so that was, it was easy for me. My mom learned how to speak English from daytime soap opera. Okay. So it's gotcha. just it's crazy how different it is. Yeah. So heading into junior high, high school, what did you do for fun? Like what was, what, what got you fired up? Like, were you good at school? Did you play sports? What was like, what was I was really, fun? I was really good at school. I, um, okay. Cole, my husband, who, you know, all of his friends would like copy my homework. I was a smart kid. Cole was the football player. All of his, like, I gotcha. just, I did really, really well at school because my dad ingrained it into me. Hey, the only way you will be successful in life is if you go to college, you get your degree, you do blah, 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 blah. Like, typical life. That's what I was supposed to do. And so I was just, I made sure that I was good at school and I didn't have free time to go do sports and my parents didn't have the finances. And so my sister's 10 years younger than me. So I kind of raised her. My parents were gone a lot. And okay. so I kind gone of- Gone a lot working or? Gone working. Yeah. Okay. And so um, I, I was basically a little mom at age 10 and I okay. took care of my sister, changed diapers, watched her, um, did that whole thing. And I kind of didn't do a lot of kid things when I was younger. And okay. so it's kind of why now my husband is hilarious and I wanted some trophies. So now I'm kind of like signing up for random things and living my younger life in my thirties. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that that like, do you think that that puts you in a different mindset heading into adulthood? Like the fact that the fact that you were forced to grow up a little bit earlier than everybody else? 
I think that's why I've also been really successful is I saw my parents working really hard. And so I worked during, I went to school, I had 18 units during the week and I had two full-time jobs. And so I would work at a grocery store and then at night I'd work at a bar and I always worked on the bars on the weekend. I made great money. And that's why when I was 24, I was able to buy a condo when all my friends were living at home with their parents. Right. And I just saved every weekend. They would actually come to my bar. And so they were spending money and I was making money and not spending it because I was able to drink at work with them, make money. It was just, I always knew that I had to work for a rainy day. Yeah. And I didn't want to just go spend my finances. I was really frugal. I mean, right now, my husband and I do really well. And he cracks up when he sees me cutting coupons or I'm like, hey, there's a sale and I got to go. And he's <laughs> like, babe, you don't, you don't have to go right now. I'm like, how do you think we have money? I was like, I know how to save, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. My, my wife is very much the same way. And it cracks me up because it'll be the same thing. Like it's like a $10 difference or something. And she'll, she'll make a point to skip like the line here so that we can go to another store because she knows she can get it cheaper over there. And I'm like, yeah. babe, we don't have to do that. You know, like you understand <laughs> that, that we have the resources to cover that 10 bucks. I think we're, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. But, but that's so great. Like in the long run, you save so much. Oh but no, then, I'm thankful for it. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but then I just go like buy something else with it. I'll go buy like a purse and clothes. Like, wait a minute, you just saved all this. You bought a purse. I'm like, yeah, but I wouldn't have been able to buy the purse and save the money. You're welcome. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. You and Jackie need to hang out a little bit more because <laughs> that is literally exactly what happens. Like she, I knew I liked her. Justify this purchase <laughs> over here because she saved money here. And I'm like, well, what's the purpose of saving the money there if you're just going to go spend it on something else? Like, I don't understand, but whatever. You know, what, we're, we're not good at math. Just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's funny. But yeah, so coming into adulthood, I guess. It was very similar for me, which is why I asked that question. Um, So I don't know if you know this, but I went to... I grew up like super, super religious and I went to um, Bible college when I was a younger adult. So my degree, I double majored in Bible and church ministries. And Jackie and I got married. Well, we started dating in high school, right? So we, um, we started dating our senior year of high school. We got married right after college. So graduated, got married, and then moved away from home. So I was 21 years old. I bought my first house at 21. And then I had a wife to provide for. I had a mortgage to pay for. And I had responsibilities. So there, there wasn't ever that, that in-between period of like, mm-hmm. like what you were saying, like, hey, I can just do whatever I want. And I can just go chill back at my, at my, at my folks' house. And I can go you know, s- sow my wild oats and spend money here on nonsense. Like I never had that whole phase. And I think it, what, it, helped, me, it helped me develop a lot more skill sets a lot quicker than um, some of my peers just because there wasn't that in-between phase, kind of like what you were saying, what you were saying on that. I'm curious to know as a parent, what your goal is going to be for your kids, like in terms of do you regret not being able to be a kid as much or do you, you know, wish that for them? Like what, what is your thought process on that? I definitely don't regret it because I wouldn't obviously be where I am right now. But I do want to, with my children, make sure that I give them like a happy medium of it where they're playing, but they also see mommy and daddy working hard and they have to as well. And so Brighton sees us. We just went to Cabo. It was a work 
vacation. Mm -hmm. So we went out there purposefully to meet somebody and discuss marketing for Thrive and do all of that. But my daughter's 15 feet away from me in a pool swimming with grandma and grandpa. So she sees that like mommy and daddy are working, but it's in a fun environment. And when we're done, then we all get to play. And so I want to make sure that I give her all the opportunities of, Hey, I want to try violin. Boom. I sign her up. She wanted to try piano. I signed her up. And now she's in gymnastics. She's done dance. She's done swimming. And so anything she wants to try, I'm going to let her try it. But then also we're doing tutoring. I'm doing homework with her. And then she sees me working hard. Like I want her to know that work hard, play hard. I think that's like, that'll be good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Having the balance between the two for sure. For sure. Is there anything that you do specifically to encourage like the work part of it or maybe the entrepreneurial spirit at all? Oh, for sure. I mean, when we have events at our house where we have you guys from Connect, people from Thrive, we have people at our house and she'll see all these grown ups. She loves hanging out. She loves speaking on stages because she sees us. But we had a lemonade stand for her in our backyard and she's it said $1 for lemonade and she's selling it for everyone. And they come and they give her a five and she's like, Nope, you're not getting change. It's $5 now. Like she's just so (laughs) funny and she's so social because she's always surrounded by people. She also understands like she said, Hey, how can I make money when people are here? And so she said, let's do a lemonade stand. Like she thought of that on her own. And then we have a, a fun little piggy bank for her. And so on the, Piggy bank gets divided into sections. And so one side says invest, other says save or yeah, invest, save, donate. And so it's just really cute when I see that she made a ridiculous amount of money at that lemonade stand, which is not feasible in the real world outside. You know, everyone was giving her like a $20, $20 for a cup of lemonade. Mm-hmm. But um, right away, she puts it in the donation side and invest. And then she puts a little bit for her to keep to go buy toys. So I, I already know that at age six, she already sees what we're doing and yeah. she knows because of Thrive, you know, make money matter. The first thing she wants to do is donate to our to our kids in Mexico. And I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. And developing those habits at such a young age gives you such an advantage um, heading into adulthood. Because I think most people just, they just don't know what to do with money because they never, not only were they never taught, like, philosophically, but they were never actually able to do it because no, like most kids don't make money. There's no way for them to actually earn income. So the first time they have a job, they're like, Oh, money, I guess I should spend it every week before my next paycheck. Yeah, exactly. Mm So, so understanding those principles from from a very early age, my parents said the same exact thing. I had a little bank that had a bank on it, had a church on it, and it had a a store on it. And I could put certain percentages of all my money for like giving to church, giving to uh, or putting into my savings account and then putting into um, uh, like spending whatever I wanted to buy. And the money that we put in that savings account, like we they invested it in some a mutual fund account. By the time I was 20, that was ended up ended up being mine and my sister's first real estate purchase was money that we had been saving our entire lives. It was in a mutual funds account. We took it out, combined it, and were able to buy a duplex. Oh my gosh, I'm taking that. I'm doing that. That is amazing and brilliant. And I love your parents. I'm totally going to tell Cole when he comes home that that's what we're going to do. I mean, that's was, cool right there. Amazing. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's something that it's not like it was a lot of money, you know what I mean? But over time it stacks up and then plus the compound interest over 20 years of me being zero to 20, like that there's a, a good amount of money. We, I think I have maybe like 
10, 12 grand in that. But then my sister also had that much. So when we combined it, we had enough for a down payment on a duplex in a bad part of town. But real estate is real estate. And it was our first real investment that we had. And it was actually our money. Now, would we have been able to do it without our parents? No. But it was the money that we had earned all throughout growing up. Yeah, you worked hard for it. Whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. And so stuff like that is so, so, so important. So Sonia, I want to ask you a little bit about, about some of the different successes that you guys have been able to enjoy recently. Because... It, it's been amazing what you've been able to build here in the last four or five years through the Thrive community. And just the event itself is incredible. And like I said, we're going to talk about that in a second. But before we do, I, you, you've had a lot of really big wins. So I want you to tell me about some of your biggest losses and what a couple of lessons that you guys learned from those losses are. I've definitely learned you know, in the event space, it's really difficult to do certain things and, you know, to connect with a hotel and to fill seats. And there's just so many different logistical nightmares. And so we did lose over 200 and some thousand dollars on the very first Thrive. So that definitely was kick in the stomach. Yeah. And I, I would have been like, okay, this is not a good idea. This is not a good business model. We should probably not continue to do this. Mm-hmm. And Cole was like, nope, we just didn't do it right. Let's do it again. And throughout the years now, we've been successful and now we're not in the hole. Yeah. But, um, that was a really hard loss when you lose financially that much. Right. Well, looking back on that though, would you say that the investments that you made into that first Thrive was partially what allowed you to grow exponentially between like Thrive 1 to Thrive 2 to Thrive 3? Because I feel like you guys invested a good amount from what I understand into like speaker fees and different Mm -hmm. things like that on that first Thrive. But I think that's what really gave you a, a lot of clout and a good reputation with a lot of people in order to be able to continue to land bigger and bigger names without having to come out of pocket for a ton of speaker fees. Would that be something? Oh, for sure. Like we, we definitely call Thrive our lost leader. People are like, oh, you're crushing it. You're doing the men's space. Like you had thousands of people there. And it's just like, yeah, it's definitely amazing. But we look at it as opportunities come out of the partnerships that we've made with speakers mm-hmm. or people in the crowd. And so we might not be profiting in at the event numbers right. that I would like. Or after directly, working. yeah. Yeah, it's like all year long I work so hard mm-hmm. and it's endless and needing to deal with this and this and this. And I tell Cole, hey, if we literally took half a million dollars and put it into a property, I have some great passive income. Right. You know, but every single year we invest into Thrive and into Connect and into people that we actually meet there. And so it's kind of like we're losing, but I can see that in the future, this is just, it's the ultimate gain. I would, I would appreciate to have some passive income, but uh, we have it too, but it could be greater where we, it's just, you know, we don't even have to work anymore if we went that route, but then that would be boring. Right. Well, it's the brand equity that you guys are building, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, and I'm sure you and Cole have actually figured out the exact number, but um, so much money has come in just from the partnerships that you've made because of the position that you've put yourselves in that says, hey, we're people worthy of connecting to. It's not yeah. necessarily... It, like it, it gets you... It gets you... And I, you seem like an introvert just like I am. I, don't, I would classify Cole as an extrovert. I don't know if he would say he's an extrovert, but uh, he seems like an extrovert uh, type of person to me for sure. Yeah. Um, you would be someone more introverted. I would be more introverted. And mm-hmm. for people like me and you, having something that allows us to separate ourselves as somebody 
that is worth connecting to without being the person that has to go tell people that is invaluable. And like that's something that I've run into with the podcast even. And I think any platform that you build for yourself, whether it be a live event, a meetup, a podcast, a YouTube channel, an Instagram account, whatever it is, if you can garner some sort of attention there, bringing people into your sphere with them wanting to connect with you is much better than you having to go out and convince everybody that you're a person that they should connect with, right? For sure. The platforms just that have opened up just being at Thrive, hosting the event and meeting these people. And, you know, I just did a fitness competition. I did a beauty pageant and doors have opened from that. So just being introverted is definitely hard to get out there and get on a stage or do a podcast like this, or, you know, just on Lisa Bill, you show women of impact and all of it just terrifies me, but it's crazy how being on that platform, just being able to say some things, how doors have opened and how I've been able to get just anything that I'd like to across to people so much easier when you put yourself out there. Yeah, you guys have been able to do extremely well in an industry that not only is competitive, but is really difficult to really figure out. What do you think that you have done in order to differentiate yourself from these other generic business events that come on, do one event, and then peace out and you never hear of them again? I think that Cole and I have this commitment to excellence where we just like make sure that, you know, our production is incredible. Our just like every detail that we do, we make sure that it is what the standards that we need to have and what we think the people that our crowd is coming to see. And although we might have a loss at it, it's not like the profit margins aren't good. We know that it's our brand and it's our name and eventually it'll it'll grow and be that much better. And so I think that ours stands out because we have incredible people that come and Mm. we've just, it's, I did not think that it would grow this quickly and this big. It's actually harder having it get bigger and bigger and bigger, but it's just more people have heard about it and it's just, it's more credible. And then because Cole and I have been using certain platforms, you know, Instagram, Facebook and podcasts, it's helping it grow even bigger. Yeah. And I think that's that's doing it the right way is what you just said right there is the fact that you built an event that people would actually get behind and tell other people about, which is the whole idea is like, yeah, we lost money the first time. Right. Yeah, exactly. You built a movement around it, not just a single live event. Um, but it was just the fact that you may you may have lost money that first event, but you brought in Gary Vaynerchuk and Robert Hershebeck and it was at a beautiful venue and you and you went the extra mile on the materials and on the the branding and all these other things and yeah you may have lost money on the first one but what that enabled you to do was market less the next year and get more people or you can market more the next year and blow it up because the people who came the first year are convinced that it's something that they have to be at every year as long as you hold it and then not only are they convinced that they need to be back but they're going to go be your evangelist for you and tell everybody else that they know that's in their circle that they think might benefit from it that they also got to come over to this event and check it out for sure that's um, totally it. and also it's like we we try to stand out from different events so it's not just a conference we like really have such special people that come and network mm-hmm. that it just it has blossomed because of the people coming back they're just they want to make their money matter. We don't have like douchebags that come to right. the event because they, they know the message and that's just what 
and there's no sales. We don't have people pitching stuff the entire event. So people want to stay. It's hard to go somewhere when people just say, Hey, buy this and buy that. And they're not learning anything and they're not connecting with people. It's so impersonal. This one is just, it's really intimate and it's just a fun time. Yeah. I try to schedule one or two events on my calendar every year where there are people that are attending the event that are speakers at other events. So Thrive is one of those events that I go to where it's just the quality of the people that are in the crowd is equal to the quality of speakers at the majority of events that I go to. And when there's that good of people in the crowd, you know that the speakers are going to be amazing. You know, and, and for average attendee, you can't always connect one-on-one with all the speakers, but that's not the point. The point is that you're in the room with a bunch of other people that are there to connect with those speakers and that are the, the high enough quality in the crowd to be speaking on stages all across the country for different reasons, different events, different niches, different industries. And uh, that's, that's got to be my favorite part about Thrive. I'm, I'm all, you know me, I'm the, I'm the networking guy. So like, I'm always about how, like, what kind of connections are there? Like what kind of people are going to be there? Because I love the human connection aspect of any sort of event or uh, mastermind or community or anything. And so that's one of my, one of the biggest things about Thrive for me is just being able to go around, see people that I haven't connected with in a long time, just always seems like a big reunion when, when you go there and just see everybody walking around. And, um, yeah. and these are people that, that I'll speak with at a different conference, but then they're, they're attending Thrive as an attendee, which is um, one of the coolest parts to me. You said you're introverted. So how do you connect with all the people there? Like, what do you uh-huh. just like, hi, I'm Travis. Like, what do you do? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, at first, the, the answer was yes. I would definitely like force myself. Uh, what, what I call myself a situational extrovert. So I'll have reserved tanks of energy for you know air, times like that when I know that I have to get out of my comfort zone. But now I'm starting to learn the positioning piece of it way more and starting to become a person that like I try to position myself in a way where people want to connect with me instead of me having to go out and expend my energy to try to get people to connect with me all the time. So mm-hmm. um, that's a huge hack for introverts is if you can figure out a way to position yourself to be the person that people want to connect with, then your energy is, isn't exactly spent during the conversation. Because I feel like as introverts, if we're having a conversation like we're doing right now, we're fine. Like It's not something that we're afraid of. And typically, introverts are better at building deeper relationships or even faster because they tend to go deeper with people rather than going really, really shallow and really wide. We go narrow and really deep. And so um, the actual conversation isn't what's taking away all your energy at an event like that. It's initiating the conversation because it's super uncomfortable for us to go up and just be like, Hey, what's up? I don't know you. You don't know me. But let's have a weird conversation and talk about nothing for a little bit. So if you can make yourself the person that people want to connect with and position yourself in a way that says, like, I'm a valuable person to connect with, then my energy levels go through the roof at events like that. And I can make each connection much more valuable because I'm taking time with each person going really deep instead of using my energy to initiate a conversation about it. For so sure. no, that's, I love that. that's been for me for sure. My daughter, just when we're anywhere at the beach, park, restaurant, she sees a kid, she just goes up to him. Hi, do you want to be my friend? And then they just start <laughs> talking and playing. I'm like, what yes. if real life was like that? Like with us, <laughs> I like walk up to you at Thrive. I'm like, Hey Travis, do you want to be my friend? And you'd be like, what? <laughs> uh, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, Hey, try it out. Let me know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> can throw it in some of my training sometime. Okay, so this is uh, something I'm interested in hearing about from you, Sonia, because you and Cole have a crazy hectic life. Um, you have several businesses that you're running. You have a giant event that you have to put together. You have two beautiful daughters. You have family. You have friends. You have mastermind and all these different people that there's so many demands on your time. Wow. How do you best manage your time? And how have you found works best in terms of balancing all of that? So whenever I hear people to like, oh, buy my course and figure out how to do life and balance and blah, blah, blah. No, there's like no such thing. There really is not. And so I like when people are just real, like, hey, my life is super chaotic. And every morning I have a plan for the day and it never works out the way I want. Like I'll have kids sick from school. I have to go pick her up and that messes up nap. And then it messes up my conference call or a podcast. Like it's just, I'm always on my toes and I have basically a goal of my to-do list. And I always have like a big whiteboard that says everything I would like to accomplish in a week or a month. Like it's just, it's basically like my brain and it has all these little lines coming out of it. And it says everything that I have to do. And then I take a few of those and I put onto a different whiteboard, like what I would like to get done that day. Hmm. And so those are mostly the, the urgent things, but I've Notice that with my balance in life, I just sacrifice certain certain things. So I'll be like, okay, sorry to my husband. I've been working all day. I haven't played with the kids. So I'm going to hang out with you later tonight and I'm going to be with the kids right now. Or, you know, the business will sacrifice and I will be with him. Or it's laundry or this or that. But I've just learned I'm going to figure out what's a priority for me. And it won't be to go get my nails done or to get my hair done or to go shopping or go hang out with girlfriends. It'll be, Hey, I'd like to spend this extra time on working on the business. And sometimes people are like, Hey, you need to do more self-care or, you know, worry more about yourself. Don't always try to take care of everybody, but it's like, I just do me and what makes me happy. And I think that's what the balance is. It's just like at the end of the day, like, did I accomplish, did I get me time with my daughters, with my husband and with the business. And then I'm happy. And then if free time comes along, I'll go hang out and I'll go out for a girl's night. But it's like, those are far and few between, but I like it like that. And some people say, why are you always grinding? Why are you doing this? And it's like, I really enjoy it. Like I love having accomplishments and I love being able to say like this grew bigger or my numbers are better on this. And I just, I enjoy that. So it's not for everybody, but balance is just what makes you happy. Yeah, I love that you say it that way because I think that it's basically a phantom thing that doesn't exist myself. Um, and the only thing that I would add to that, and I'm sure that you agree with this because you and Cole embody this really well, is that you, there, there's going, there's never a time of perfect balance. It's always going to be imbalanced. Just whatever you're working on, make sure that that is the thing that gets your full attention. Mm -hmm. So if you're in this work mode for a while, so so for instance, for you guys, like gearing up before, before Thrive, I'm sure that there is there are long nights. There's a lot of work being put in right before the event, and I'm sure that at like during those times, your family just knows and understands. Like, hey, you know, mom and dad might be might not be available for a little a little while because they're really working hard to get this thing out there. But as soon as that's done, I know that we're going to come back into the picture. And then any time that you do spend with the family is going to be spent with the family. It's not spent with the family with your mind over here and your phone right, right here. Quality it's spent, time for exactly. sure. Exactly. Right. 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 And then, but then at the same time, when you're at work is I think people have this because society makes you feel bad for working too much. I think that people get this like weird guilt feeling anytime that they're at work 
and not with their kids. Like if they're in a big push, if they have a big launch coming up, a product launch or a, a, a big marketing push or an event that they're planning for, and they're, using, they're spending all this time at work, they have this guilt thing in the back of their head that says like, oh, you're not allowed to spend this much time working. Your family needs you. And it's like, yeah. no, no, no. Whatever you're doing, focus on that. And mm-hmm. be okay with the fact that like life is never going to be balanced. It's always just a period of pushing and another period of resting and a period of pushing, period of resting. And as long as you have that, and like you said, as long as that is what is making you happy, then there's no reason to like feel guilty for any for either one for neglecting right. your for a little bit to focus on work or ne- neglecting your work a little bit to focus on family. It have both have to be there, and you have to focus on whichever task that is at hand. Yeah, when we had our mastermind, we were busy for four days nonstop. I mean, everyone came to our house and our kids didn't really see this those four days. And, but they knew mommy and daddy are working right now. This is, this is what we have to, we're going to help all these people and we're going to do this and we're going to have fun. Mm -hmm. And then after that Monday came, we went to Disneyland and no phones out, you know, we were just with the kids. And then the next day we went and did this and the next day. And so we didn't get, we didn't do business those days, but we made sure we worked really hard for that mastermind. And after that, we played hard with our kids. And so they, they they remember the really good times and the phone was put away and it was real quality time. I'd rather do that than do half business. And then when I'm with them, I'm on my phone doing emails and they're like, Hey, what about me over here? It's like, I would rather just do everything at once and then go play. Mm -hmm. Yep. Love it. Love it. So one thing I really respect about you, Sonia, is all the things that you do in addition to the things that you have to do. And I think that that's, I think that's amazing because I know you don't have to do those things like the pageant that you just did, the uh, fitness competition that you did. And I just want to acknowledge you, first of all, for take for like going the extra mile and things like that, really challenging yourself, putting yourself out there. And uh, I think that that takes a lot of confidence in yourself to be able to, to deliver on. And from what I know about you from a couple of the posts that I've seen, I don't think that was something that you always had, that confidence in yourself. I don't think that's something that was, that was, came naturally to you. So can, can you talk about the role that self-confidence plays in your ability to put your mind to something and be successful with it? Yeah, I actually didn't have the self-confidence, which is why I signed up for it. It's I see all these other people that you know go on stage and they're so confident and I, I wanted that. And the only way that you can achieve something like that when you don't feel that is to just keep doing it over and over and over. So before just doing like a podcast, I would freak out. I'd be sweating around the house hours before. And I'm like looking at Cole, like, Oh my gosh, like, should I have like a glass of champagne to calm down? Like I'm freaking out. (laughs) And it's like, now I've got out of my comfort zone and I'm consistent with it. So I keep doing it and now it's easier and easier. Hmm. So I I'm trying to see if I you know, do a fitness competition and I worked really hard and I got first place. Let me throw that in there. Um, (laughs) you know, like by doing that, I I feel like if I keep going, it's going to get easier and easier and easier till one day when I'm on the thrive stage, I'm not going to be reading and shaking and freaking out because I consistently did it. And the self-confidence has definitely grown nowhere where I'd like it to be, but I'm just going to keep going at it. And, And I just like to work hard. And so doing that fitness competition, you know, I, for 88 days I had to train. And even the trainer said, you can't do this in 88 days. And I was like, yes, I can, because I have the mindset and I didn't break. I didn't have a sip of alcohol. I didn't have a bite of mac and cheese when I made it for the kids. You know, I stuck to my grilled chicken and broccoli and nine egg whites and everything I had to do because I knew what I wanted. It wasn't necessarily to win first place, but I just wanted to know that I gave it my all. And even with the beauty pageant, it was like, 
I knew things that I needed to study for and things that I needed to do. It's not just all about appearance. It was, you know, there's an interview and that's what I'm not good at. And that's why I put myself in that pageant because 50% is interview and I needed to see how well I would do. Hmm. And I got second runner up. So I, I'm proud of, even if I didn't get any awards, the fact that I got up on the stage is something that I would have never done even five years ago. So, I mean, for Thrive, I was just with Cole and he did the first year by himself and people couldn't get answers because he was running all over the place. And so I had a notepad and I kind of took notes from all these questions people were getting and I just kept helping him more and more. And then he's like, hey, here's more things I need done. And then people started coming to me and I just did all the logistics and I was behind the scenes. And then Cole kind of pushed me into the light and I was like, I can't be out here like... I felt like not worthy to be on stage to have people listen to me or learn from me. I felt you had to be, you know, a doctor or you had to have been this or that and just don't say the words like and um. And I do that. I was like, I should not be up here. And now that I've I've learned that those are things that people do like about me and now I'm just trying to embrace it and go from there. Yeah, I love that. I love that you said it was something that I didn't have any confidence in. So that's why I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like that's... Just adopting, if you're listening to this right now, just adopting that mindset by itself, if that's the only thing that you take away from this entire interview, that in and of itself is completely worth it because there's so many things that people don't do for because of the fear of embarrassment, not even necessarily the fear of failure. Like the failure part is one piece, but it's the fact that other people are going to find out that you failed. So then they just neglect it altogether because it's like, I have zero confidence in this. I've never done it before. And if I do it and I fail, people are going to know about it and that's going to be embarrassing. And so they just don't do it and it's mind-blowing. And so I love that mindset of, well, I didn't have any confidence in it, so I decided to do more of it. And mm-hmm. like, that's, that's what it comes down to though. The bottom line is that you built consistency and you, well, you practiced consistency and then you built credibility with yourself. Like you became a person that fulfills your own word to yourself, which does loads for your self-confidence. The number one way to build your self-confidence is to, just to keep the promises that you make to yourself. So when you sat there and said, for 88 days, I'm going to train for this fitness competition. I'm not going to eat the mac and cheese. I'm not going to you know, do these things. I'm going to do my workouts, do everything that I'm supposed to do. And then you actually kept that promise to yourself. When you sit there and, and you're holding that first place trophy, and even if you didn't place, you know that you did something that was really difficult that most people aren't going to be able to do in their lives and that you did it start to finish and because you told yourself to do it. Not for any other reason, not because you had to, not because it's the way that you make money, not because you you support your family with that, but just because you told yourself you're going to do it, you went and did it. And that in and of itself is like the biggest confidence builder around. So I really, really appreciate you saying something about that. So... We're coming down here to the end, Sonia. And I've been telling everybody that we're going to talk about Thrive a little bit. So I want to talk about Thrive a little bit. It's coming up here. Uh, this episode, When this episode releases, it'll be about four weeks out. And uh, it's coming up pretty quick. So can you give us kind of a glimpse of what Thrive this year is going to look like in terms of who's speaking and things like that? Yeah. So we have like 20 plus speakers this year. And they we have just, there's so many different people. And so I don't know, you know, your crowd, they might connect with Andy Fursella, you know, or they might connect with Lisa Bilyeu. It's just, we have 
each speaker is a different genre. And so I like to get just high caliber speakers that are experts in their area and have them all teach because it's not even so much that, you know, we had Grant Cardone and teaches real estate, but somebody can take away something from what he says. It's not just real estate, but he emphasizes on it. So right. I think that someone will, you'll learn from each speaker and, you know, it's a three day business conference geared towards entrepreneurs and career professionals that just want to come learn how to grow their business, but also how to make, make their money matter. Like you want to grow 10 X, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to make more money. They want to buy more things, but also why don't you take that money and go make a difference with it as well? Like grow that so that you can give back. And so we like to teach the four purpose model, kind of like Tom's shoes. When you buy a pair of shoes, you give a pair of shoes away. Mm-hmm. And so we want you to incorporate that in your business where at the end of the year, maybe you give 10% back or, you know, diff eyewear. Every time you buy a pair of sunglasses, you give a pair of reading glasses away to someone. So I just love that the people that come to Thrive have learned how to make a difference helping the world. And like everyone's leaving an impact. And those are the people that you get to connect with at a VIP dinner. It's just, we have such a great time there. You get, we have a panel, we have performances. And then the next night after you're done learning, there's a pool party. And this year it's with Dan Fleischman and he's going to be the nonprofit that we support. And it's just going to be, it's going to be a great pool party. And so after Sunday, when we're all done, people just connect at the casino. It's in Las Vegas. It's May 31st to June 2nd. And people will stay longer and have a nice little vacation. And then they meet new business partners or friends. So it's just a very fun few days. Yeah. And just to add to that, I think that there's a few reasons anybody listening right now should be going to Thrive. First of all, the speaker lineup is one of the best speaker lineups of any business event that's out there. First, I mean, Cole is Sonny's husband, who is the one who's org- who um, is the main person behind the event, and he's speaking. Um, what does he have? Like six thousand hours on stage, or something ridiculous now, and it's, over a hundred million dollars in sales. And yeah. so um, he's definitely somebody you're going to want to come and. Uh, chat with, connect with. Then Eric Thomas is going to be there. Andy Frisella is going to be there. Ty Lopez, Dave Meltzer, who you guys have heard here on the show. Billy Jean, who you've heard on the show. Dan Fleischman, who you've heard on the show. Um, Lisa Billiou, her husband, Tom, was just on the show. Trent Shelton's going to be there, who was going to be on the show at the end of the month. So there's, if you like any of the people that have been here on the podcast, I promise you that you're going to enjoy a lot of the speaker lineup uh, here at Thrive this year. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is that, the, like I was saying before, the attendees are better, um, in my opinion, than basically any other business event that I've been to. A lot of a lot of these events can attract a certain stereotype of like salesperson that just is annoying and a little like Sonia was saying, douchey. So Thrive, the people there are are really, really quality and great people to connect with. Like I said, the the quality of the people in the audience is equal to that of the quality of speakers at a typical event. Um, so that's another huge reason to go. And then lastly and most importantly if you come to Thrive, you're going to be able to meet my son, who is going to be less than a month old at that time. So I know that's you, so fun. <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening and you care at all about meeting my son, you know, then you might want to consider getting a ticket to Thrive. <laughs> so uh, all of this being said, if you if you want to learn a little bit more about it and pick up a, a, a ticket, I highly recommend doing that. Oh, oh, and by the way, too, uh, something that Cole is doing this year for anybody that joins through my group through my link. Anybody that joins through there is going to get a private meet and greet with Cole and a couple of the other speakers that are going to be at Thrive this year. So if you're listening to this and you need that extra push 
that's it. A lot of other people are paying a lot more money to get involved with some of these people. So if you are listening, just because I was the top affiliate last year. So if you're, if you're coming in, you're wondering if, if this is a year that you should be there, for sure, go over to travischapel.com slash thrive. That's travischapel.com slash thrive to pick up your tickets so that you can join us in that private meet and greet with Cole and a couple of the other speakers. And then also so you can take a part in all the other amazing things that are happening at this event this year. And that's going to be May 30th through June 2nd. Is that right, Sonia? May 31st. May 31st. But people arrive on May 30th and they meet at the center lounge and just all hang out right before the event so everyone can start to mingle. Perfect. Perfect. So if you're listening, definitely want to head over to travischapel.com slash thrive to pick up your ticket. Don't miss out on this year's event. I promise you it'll be worth your time. Sonia, I want to move on here to the last segment, but really quickly, this is a question that I ask every guest that comes on. And uh, so I, I got to throw it in there before we move on to the last segment here. Okay. Do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why? Oh my gosh. It's definitely not what you know. And that's so sad because I feel like there's people that know everything, like every book, they read books and books and books and books, and they have all the content and they could literally, who knows, you know, be Elon Musk and just change everything, but they don't know how to get it out there or who to connect with. And I feel like we are successful because of the collaborations we've done and the networking and just meeting all these new people. And it's, you obviously have to know some stuff, but yeah. you gotta it, be, yeah, exactly. That's what I tell people is like, you gotta be competent, but mm-hmm. if you're competent and you know the right people, then you can, the possibilities are endless. It's endless for yeah. sure. Awesome. Well, I love that answer. So that'll be perfect timing for us to move on to the last segment. Something I like to call the random round, just some quick random questions and quick random answers. Ready? Okay. What profession other than your own, do you think it would be fun to attempt? A producer, director. I want to make movies. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk with them for an hour, who would it be and why? Um, I would like to sit with Sarah Blakely. I think she's a phenomenal mom. She's made a billion-dollar business with Spanx, and I just would love to pick her brain. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? I love videos and I like audio because I don't really get to watch much videos with the kids in the business phone I have just on a quick run in my earpiece and I can just get some stuff in. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Um, it's different every single morning. As long as I have coffee to start, <laughs> then I'm good to go. But it's, it's crazy. I, never, I don't have a routine. What is your go-to pump-up song? An F. He is my favorite. I don't like He's rap, it right now. but I love him. And He's killing it right now. Songs. Yeah, just... Remember I this is him. one of my jams right now. Really? Yeah, it is. Totally. Oh my gosh. My favorite. Just, and people think it's like angry music, but he's just so passionate. It's like, there's no swearing and it's even like about Jesus, but he's, mm-hmm. he's just pumped, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is something that you are just not very good at? Cooking. <laughs> that was that was quick. That was quick answer, Sonia. <laughs> I know my strengths. I've, I've tripled down on those and cooking I've outsourced. <laughs> so we get everything wrapped up here. What is one place online where we are going to be able to find you the most? Sonia Hatter is my handle on Instagram. And I'm 
usually on there. And then a 10 thrive.com is just our event. But other than that, Perfect. So if you want to see more from Sonia, she posts a lot about her personal life, family life, kids, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm always following her stories. Uh, go check out at Sonia Hatter. That's Sonia, S-A-N-J-A, Hatter, H-A-T-T-E-R over on Instagram. And uh, go show her some love. Tell her that you heard about her here on the show. If you're listening to this right now, screenshot this episode, upload it to your Instagram story, up, uh, tag Sonia and tag me in that. Um, that way we can go over, say what's up, say thanks for tuning in. Um, and then also, I would love to see you at Thrive. I promise you guys, you don't want to miss out on it. Head over to travischapel.com forward slash Thrive and pick up your ticket today. Sonia, thank you so much for joining me here on the show. I had a blast chatting with you. Thanks for having me. If I wasn't going to Thrive, I'd go just to meet your son. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about how we've been able to get some of the guests to come on the show... I've created a totally free resource called Meet Your Hero. So if you'd like to connect with people you respect and admire that are difficult to reach, you're going to want to go to travischapel.com slash hero to take action and start that training today. Have a wonderful rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.